Welcome to the B-Side Outdoor Podcast. I'm your host, Frank, and today we are doing another On the Road with Vinny Verdon from Pelican Boat Outdoors. How you doing, Vinny? Good. Frank keeps springing these podcasts on me. Like, I get in the truck, hey, I bought your breakfast, uh, <laughs> but you, you need to do a podcast with me. I'm like, oh, yeah, perfect. <laughs> Not that I don't like doing podcasts, I just, you know. He just throws it at me. I haven't even had all my coffee yet. Now, listen. Just want to say, he normally drinks hot coffee. I already drank my hot coffee. Now <laughs> I'm drinking the cold one. He's drinking a Starbucks mocha. I hey, mean, don't be promoting Starbucks. I don't even like Starbucks. It's just, <laughs> that's what they had at the gas station. Oh, I'm just I'm bragging on you for drinking Starbucks. That's the whole yeah, issue. Yeah, I'm getting here. in touch with my feminine side. <laughs> so, all right. Today, I want to do something that's kind of lighthearted and not like talking about anything in particular it's going to be me and Vinny's opinion on over and under that's dangerous <laughs> and where this came from was when I was on Vinny's podcast last which was last month sometime. yeah something like that uh, he did this I thought it was really fun so I'm going to change it up a little bit and I'll be like we'll go off with the first topic that's in my head so they thought of this is written so down. We don't even have a list. We're just gonna like ram. Oh yeah, this is this is gonna fly off. This, this is gonna be bad. All right. What is the most underrated wild game meat? The most underrated wild game. Ah, uh, underrated. You said right. Underrated. Underrated. Probably beaver. Well, I don't know. So, Nutra would be one of them because, you know, nobody wants to eat it, but it's freaking delicious. But now that I've started eating different things that we've trapped, like Bobcat's magnificent, Beaver's magnificent, I, I think over all of them, I, I don't know, I, I like Beaver because it tastes like beef. It's the closest thing to beef other than beef that I've found. So, what is that smell? It's probably that camper in front of me. It smells like natural gas. I thought it would smell like, uh... Like swamp butt. Yeah. Or maybe it's the swamp. Yeah, I think it's just the swamp. <laughs> Alright, anyway. So, anyway. So, I, honestly, I would say probably bobcat. And yeah. not necessarily underrated. I don't know if you've ever eaten bobcat. Yeah. Have you? Mm -hmm. so, like pork. Yeah. Because um, I think a lot of people don't realize you can eat it. They're like, what? Right. You eat bobcat? So... It tastes like... So you know the stereotype of uh, Chinese food with the, you know, yes. kitty cats? I mean, I'm trying to be politically correct and not offend anybody, but <laughs> like you, when you go to a Chinese restaurant, especially like mall Chinese food, yeah. and you get the pork, any kind of pork, it, it's like, it's, it doesn't quite taste like a pork that you would cook at the house, but it's still like pork. I'm just saying Bobcat's very similar to that. Well, I agree. It's a Chinese pork. Yep. Or Chinese food pork. <laughs> or Americanized Chinese food. Food pork. How do you want to look at it? Uh, I think I'm gonna next time I trap a bobcat, I'm gonna uh, cooking some fried rice. That's what it's pork fried rice. Spot on. Well, so now that my friends know, and my girlfriend and her mom refuse to eat anything I bring, unless like it's in a prepackaged thing because they're scared of what it could be. Yeah. And I was like, uh, but they'll take the shrimp that I caught, you know. Anyway. But one of my friends, I said something about doing a um, a pulled pork. 
and he was like, oh, a pulled pork. And he bust out laughing, thinking was, I'm talking about Bob. I was like, no, I'm talking about, like, a real pulled pork. And I was like, but not with commercially bought pork. Right. And he's like, uh, his wife was like, is there anything you cook that's normal? <laughs> I was like, not really. It's still a pig. Yeah. I mean. I did pulled pork with a, well, pulled pork, quote, <laughs> um, with a Nutra. Smoke it. So I smoked it for like an hour or two and then put it in the pressure cooker because I didn't want to smoke it too long and dry it out because there's no fat in it. And I put it in the pressure cooker and uh, shredded it up. Delicious. So that's that's the same way I cooked the uh, pulled pork I did. We made pulled pork tacos, and I, I smoked it. So the Traeger has super smoke option. Nope. And basically what it does, it just, like, overfeeds pellets, I think. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't blow a lot of heat on it to where it just smokes constantly. So the eagle's in the nest. Yeah. Um, so it, it, like, basically just super smokes. It had, like, a quarter of an inch rind on it, you know, pink rind on mm-hmm. it. And then I threw it in a Instapot, or I think it was a Ninja pressure cooker thingy, whatever you want to call it. It's like the six-in-one. It does, it's like air care and tired as another eagle on the tree. Um, you know, but so I used that, and I was like, all right. So it shredded nicely. All right. And pressure cookers are amazing. Oh, they are. Like, if, if you don't use a... A new, a new style pressure cooker that don't blow up. <laughs> if you don't use like, especially the electric ones, mm-hmm. like electric pressure cookers are like the best thing since sliced bread. Individually um, wrapped cheese slices. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we did the most underrated. What is the most overrated wild game meat? Alligator. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. I don't like alligator. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's yeah. I think it's probably the, and I'm not saying it's not good. It's just I think it's yeah. I mean, well, I mean, so I'm gonna say, and I'm about to catch a lot of hate. And don't and when I, I'm gonna preface this before I say it. I love all wild game meat. I don't think there's like one that's like. Because you haven't tried otter. Well, <laughs> I've heard not to try otter, but um, I think the most overrated is definitely white-tailed deer. Like, yeah. out of all the wild game I've eaten, if you gave me a choice between bobcat, beaver, nutria, white-tailed deer, elk, bison, uh, if you gave me a choice of any of them, the white-tailed deer would be the last one i choose. Yeah, I can see that. It's certainly lower on the list for me. Um, and I think a part of that is that that growing up, the game meat we ate was white-tailed deer, squirrel, and rabbit. <laughs> yeah, well, squirrel and rabbit's definitely better than deer. Yeah. So I think growing up, it was just like, I've eaten it so much that I think it's overrated. Yeah. So. I mean, if somebody cooks a good deer roast, like a good deer roast, where it's like falling apart and everything, oh, that's pretty good. I, I'm not going to turn it down. Like, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you walked up to me and said, hey, man, I got a half a deer. Do you want it? The answer is yes. Yeah, like, <laughs> but I just think the hype around it in, is what, over what it should be. You know, um, I think a lot of that probably comes from the hunt, though. Yeah. Killing big game and 
and that white, being rewarding always makes the meat taste better. Yeah. But, you know, you look at it, and for what it costs for us to, for me to go hunt white-tailed deer, you know, and I, that's not including, like, the boat, the tractors, all of that, but what it costs, like, license-wise, ammunition-wise, I could go and just hunting-wise, we could go shoot a 100 neutral for what it costs for one deer. <laughs> um, but, so, the next thing, what is the most underrated fish out there like to eat table bear wise? Underrated fish. You go first. Oh, I'll think about this. Oh, oh, I didn't even have an answer yet. <laughs> I didn't even make up an answer. I, was, I, was I like, just came you. up with that question like <laughs> while we were talking. It really was while I was talking about the last thing. Oh. But uh, no, I, yeah. I'm underrated. I would say honestly, it's probably the the a gaff top. Like everybody's like, yeah, utter oh, nasty saltwater catfish ain't good. But I've taken saltwater and freshwater, like a gaff top, obviously not a hardhead, because they taste like mud. Um, but I've taken a gaff top and like a blue cat or a yellow cat. And as long as you cut the bloodlines and all out, you can't tell the difference in them. No, it's good. So I, I don't know if it's as much underrated as it is, just I really like it. But raw salmon. Raw like salmon? Sushi, yeah. Yeah, uh, like I, cause what's crazy is I don't care for cooked salmon. Like I think cooked salmon tastes fishy, but raw salmon is like sushi or sashimi. It's freaking phenomenal. I love it. All right, I have another one for you here. Uh, but I think any any cold water fish that's uh, that's I think it's better on the raw side or raw, like tuna. I would, yeah, if you give me the option of a of a raw piece of tuna that's been properly cared for, not like not like it's been on your boat all day and you like slice it up, right? And the fish got hot while you were doing it. But if you give me like a a piece of tuna and you give me the option to cook it or not to cook it, uh, I'm definitely not cooking it. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. So cooking seafood in the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> is it over or underrated? Well, so far the two that I did were definitely underrated because it was actually very good. But I mean, I wouldn't go cooking like <coughs> uh, I wouldn't go cooking a tuna steak in the microwave. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so I was watching your video, and at first, I, both of them that you cooked did it, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, who thinks of this? Like, and then I, when you said Tofio was like, I was like. That just had to be like him joking up. That about was it. him just joking. That's it, what he said. He's like, I asked him, I was like, did you, uh, have you done that before? And he's like, no, but I'm curious. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll try it. And I Googled it, and sure enough, we got the chef, like a couple chef videos talking about cooking shrimp in the microwave. I'm like, so, give it a try. As I was thinking about that, I was like, you know, I'm saying, I'm looking at it like it's weird. But when Dixie has these bags you can go buy. Yeah. And they have 
it's salmon, catfish, shrimp, and I think that might be it. But or you could do like a vegetable melody one, and it's got like the Wait, vegetables and all. And they're it. just steaming it. Vegetables. I mean, the yeah. fish is probably all it's doing is steaming it. Yeah, and if it ain't already pre cooked. No, it's not. It's no. it's raw. Like okay. Um, so you put it in there, and it's got like big hunks of butter in it, right? And you put it in there, and it's in a bag, and you yeah. And it, so I mean, it's just heat. Yeah. Uh, I thought the shrimp was gonna be tough, but it wasn't. It was really good. So, what is the most overrated like dish that you've tried to cook? That everybody talks about so is so good, the best way to cook, and or I mean, did you just like? You just wake your dishes anyway. Yeah, I don't really, yeah, I don't really put a whole lot of thought beforehand. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't really have one that I can think of. So, when I was doing my YouTube channel, and or heavily, every now and then I'll put shorts out, but uh, mine was, I did Snapper Almadine. And, like, everybody talks about how great it is and all. And I was just like, it is literally blackened snapper with toasted albums on top. (laughs) It's not really, like... Maybe you just didn't do it, right? I I don't know. I can't argue. I never tried it, so I don't know. Uh, But I followed the recipe exactly. As, yeah, I followed lots of recipes exactly, and it didn't exactly turn out well. So, <laughs> um, what's the most overrated fish to eat? Speckled trout. I agree with you there. Just be, not that it's not good. It's just yeah. that people obsess over it, and it's like it's it's, yeah, it's not it's just whatever it is. It's whatever. And yeah, I, I think that's that's a good preference that you made there. Is like when we say things are overrated, it's not necessarily bad or we find it bad. It's right. that people are so like, oh, I gotta do this, I gotta get this, that it makes it overrated or underrated. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna we're gonna let you overrate, underrate, or kind of compare them. Freshwater versus saltwater. Which one is your? If you had to choose, like overall. Or? Yeah, overall. Like uh, if you could never fish the other one again. Oh, I'd definitely stick with saltwater. The salt, especially like like inshore. I'm not. Yeah. I've never even been offshore, but. Uh, no, just inshore because I mean, I got shrimps, crabs, ton of different species of fish. I mean, freshwater is mostly bass. I mean, they got you know further north they got so- uh, walleye and all of that, and you got sockley and stuff. I don't know. I just prefer I, mean, I prefer a redfish fight over anything I've ever caught. It's because the tug is yeah, the drug. That's it. Pound for pound, they just they just <laughs> fight. Um. But, I mean, I'd hate to have to give up one for the other because I enjoy some freshwater fishing. 
I enjoy the yeah. scenery and freshwater fishing. But I mean, honestly, we're in the I'm in the perfect spot because I get both in the same water. So. Yeah, you know, it, that, that's the thing. Like, I'm not really a freshwater fisherman. Like, you see that. Like, if we go bass fishing, it's like, all right, this is kind of cool. And then it's not. Yeah. I've, got, I've, I've gotten hooked on bass fishing. I've, I've, I really do enjoy it. And I think I think the reason I'm not really hooked on to freshwater is because I've never been the I've never sat down and tried to figure it out 100. percent right. You know, like I can go into a in the salt water and be like, all right, this is the color of the water. I'm gonna throw this bait based on my past experiences, and it I works. Mean, redfish is easy. Well, yeah. I mean, if you can find a redfish, there's very few times that if you can find a redfish and they won't bite bass on the other hand they, they'll just i don't know you, sometimes you can throw everything in front of them they just don't care they don't want it yeah i think that's the difference i mean redfish if, when they're doing their thing you can you can throw a, a wrench and they'll bite it it's like it's just <laughs> so me and my uh i went with my dad one time we went out on uh out of fushou we were trying to go offshore but um, October is a real fun time to try to go offshore in a bay boat. Yeah. Because either you're going to have a day that's calm, or it's going to be like eight foot rollers that you're like, right. yeah, we're just going to stay in. So anyway, so we were trying to go do that. Me and my dad made it out to the first set of rigs with one of my buddies. And it's like, all right, this ain't working out for us. You know, like it's rough. You can't, I've tried to catch uh, hardtails at the rig, and it's just, it's miserable. You can't stand, you can't do anything. He's like, let's just run back in. We'll try to go, we'll go try to fish the rocks and all behind, get behind it. So we pull up, and I notice there is like nothing but orange heads sticking out of the water. Big, giant school of bull reds. Like, oh man. So, well, you know, my dad, my dad puts the boat wide open, gets a hundred yards from the school, and just kills it. It lets it start drifting. They'll like where we'll intersect the way they're moving, and they had so many redfish that I don't know if they were spawning or what they were doing. But I took a uh, I took a pole with a, like the nastiest gold spoon I had. It was just like into the middle <laughs> and hooked up um, in. I'm fighting it, I'm fighting it, and I pull up a Jack Cravel. I was like, all of these redfish, <laughs> there are Jack Cravels underneath them. Like, so the thing is, you have to cast into it and start reeling immediately. All right. Cause if below. It gets, yeah. Because there's fish below it, too. And I think they were chasing, they had a school of pogey right off the beach, yeah. and they were just kind of following the pogey around. So, then, so we're sitting there, and I'm like, Jesus. So I get mine in, I unhook it. My dad hooks up to a redfish. A buddy hooks up to a redfish. So there's two people, and I'm like, all right, should I cast? And hook up to one, too, to where we have, you're, you're just netting your own fish? Right. Or So we put theirs in. So I'm the last one I cast, and I hook up I hook up to my redfish, and we put it, we, we pull it out, you know. But it was the weirdest thing, because as soon as the school, like, appeared, they appeared out of nowhere, and as soon as we caught them three redfish, 
they were gone again. I was like, heck no, we're getting abducted. We out of here. <laughs> um, but it, it, uh, to me, it was just like crazy how that scene. But the same area, we went out, same thing. It was for my birthday one year. We were going snapper fishing, and it was too rough, and we were like, <laughs> we're calling this one. Let's turn around and go back, you know? And uh, we we turned around, went back, started fishing the rocks, and it was crystal clear this day. And when I like when I say crystal clear, you could see in twenty foot of water, you could see the bottom, like you were standing next to it. Wow! It was the strangest thing I've ever seen in South Louisiana, and there was a school of bogey come up to the shore like that. And when I tell you this, you, you ever see, you, you, I know you watch Shark Week, Air Jaws. Yeah. I've seen that in real life in South Louisiana. With a shark? With sharks. These sharks were launching out of the water at the, at the pokey. Hmm. And like, it kind of made you unnerving when the school came up on you. Yeah. Because it's like, all right, if one of these lands in the boat, what do we do? <laughs> I mean, I'm in a 26-foot bay boat, but still, <laughs> I'm climbing on top of the T-top, and y'all can figure it out. But, so. Club them in the head, throw them in the ice, though. Uh, yeah, but there, there was, at the time, there was like, it was had to be like 48 inches, and these sharks were all like, I call them school sharks. They were like. Oh, nurseries? Yeah, 12 to 36 inches. It's like, oh, come on. So, what is, if you could buy one boat to fish where you fish, what would it be? Or to do what you do? A faster pro drive? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love my boat. I just need to, uh, I need to go faster than 23 miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, like, if I can afford that, that uh, well, whenever they come out with it, they finally put it into production, that 50 horsepower pro drive. With the instant uh, reverse, yeah, well, yeah, they got the instant reverse now, even on the the air cooled. That's the, the the lower units released. They already yeah. got the uh, the instant reverse and full power reverse out, but uh, I don't think they started putting out those fifty horsepowers yet. But that that's, I mean, I want other boats, but I guess in general that's what I because I could do so much with it, and if I can get it a little bit faster, I could do even more with it. Yeah, I can go, you know, run. But I would like something with a V that'll take some waves a little bit better, because you can't—I mean, you can't go nowhere when there's <coughs> and that boat beat you up. One good thing about how we get to um, the WMA we hunt now is that it's kind of protected when you make that curve to yeah, go into the, it, yeah. for the most part. Unless you got a south wind, and then you just yeah, and then, yeah, <laughs> you're just getting hammered. And you got to wear a uh, what they call those a mouth guard so you don't <laughs> yeah. shatter your teeth on them. Uh, so, I don't, do you have anything you want to over and under or discuss? Or? Well, now we're still talking about the boat because now I'm thinking about it. I'd like to get a Carolina, like a Carolina skiff. I mean, I know that wouldn't help with the waves, but something with a bunch of room and space in it so, so that I can like put my crab Car traps. And Carolina skiff actually makes a modified V. Do they? Yes. And it's, it's kind of one of the boats that's like the best of both worlds right. you know like it, it doesn't do great 
on that, but you carry a lot of weight. Right. For, you know, and not that's have to what worry I, I want something it. with a lot of room so I can, like, throw my 10 crab traps. Um, doing jug lines would be, you know, yeah. easier. Walk around in there. You can, if you, if you got four people that want to go out, you can take four people out. Frank over here stretching his neck, just seen, <laughs> just seen a roadkill raccoon. He's like, I bet you I can still I don't get think, that. I don't know if that was a raccoon. I don't know, but I've seen what you was doing. <laughs> but I do the same thing. I'm like, how fresh is that? Dude, uh, were, you, were you at the three-day when they pulled up, uh, they pulled up an otter to skin for demonstration? And it had turned. Like, uh, <laughs> and so we were asking it, uh... And I don't know if Wildlife Fisheries does like a 24-hour or 48-hour check on roadkill just to pull it off the road or what, but a comment was made that it was a 48-hour check animal. Hey. So it's been within two days, that it, but it was like... Wasn't a... Uh, least think it wasted, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, if, it was, if it had been during trapping season last year, I watched somebody hit an otter in front of me, and I was like, ooh, that's a good pelt. But it's illegal for me to have it right yeah. now. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, did you know in Louisiana, like, you could trap off the interstate? Yeah. And it's, like, yeah. perfectly legal. Under the bridges and stuff? Yeah. Um, I had somebody tell me what he used to do on 49 was he would set by the culverts, all the big culverts that cross underneath it. Right. And he said, because your animals are going there, he would set a couple, a set by every culvert. And he says, and that's how he would, he would leave Friday afternoon after work and drive down to almost Lafayette and turn around and come back. <laughs> really? That's cool. That's interesting. Uh, but yeah, they, uh, so. You don't really trap a lot. I was going to say, what's your favorite animal on a trap? But Crabs. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's true. You didn't say it has to be a fur bearer. Uh, that's true. Um, it would be crawfish. i got to figure out a daggum good place to crawfish. Yeah, I don't... Honestly, we're kind of driving through one that I don't think would be a bad area to try, you know? Yeah, this looks good. Oh, look at that camp. That's beautiful. Uh, you want some water? I don't think that's water. I mean, it might be well, chemicals for water, but no, it's corrosive. <laughs> it says alcohol this... water on the back of the truck. Yeah, well. <laughs> maybe it's there. Maybe they're a chemical company for water. Because uh, I mean, judging from the little danger sign on the side, I don't think it's drinkable. <laughs> it's not potable, <laughs> but. Yeah. Uh, what's the most underrated hunting dog? Man, you're giving the easy ones because you know <laughs> what I'm going to say. It's going to be the, my poodle, my standard poodle. Of course, they got the uh, my breeders breeding uh, minis now for for hunting for duck yeah. uh, for dove hunting. Dove hunting. Yeah, like upland hunting, which is awesome. Um, I, I mean, I saw a video. I don't know if the, if it was a poodle that was just young. Or if it was a toy, but they were, it wasn't much bigger than the dove, and it was running out there to go get the it. The one you sent me? Yeah. That was a Frenchie. 
That was, that was a little French bulldog. Yeah, that was a little French bulldog retrieving doves. That was no, no, cool. that, that that was a different one. Oh, okay. No, but it, no, because this one was a poodle. I did send you the Frenchie. Uh, I thought I sent you, but yeah, it's a little. It's a. I mean, it looks like a miniature whale. <laughs> Dude, I think. I mean, I think not any dog, but I think there's a lot of breeds that weren't even meant intended for hunting that you could get to hunt as long as they. I mean, if they got any kind of prey drive. Yeah. Crazy for a toy, you can teach them to hunt. You know, and that's like that's like my dog. It's a uh, it's a hunter. It hunts its toys up, you know. But uh, <laughs> but like my thing is, I wanted to train this one to be a duck dog. Well, when you get it with a female, you know, let's put it that way. And they're like, oh, you're not breaking that dog hunt. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. And it's like, well, there goes that plan. Wait, but, this one too? Yeah. Oh, right. You're striking out. I know. Uh, but, yeah, so, but like this one, like, she'll sit there and armadillas and rabbits. Mm-hmm. She's all about that life. Like, Oh, Waylon's been taking off. He, he's gotten to the point now where as soon as I let him out the gate, he darts all the way to back the property, straight after the. First, he goes after to see if we can get a uh, chase him a rabbit. Then, once the rabbits run into the in the thick, he turns around and goes to the chicken yard, circles the chicken yard, trying to eat a chicken. He's gotten it twice already. He's he's gotten uh, well one he missed the chicken, and while I was at work the other day, uh, my wife called me and said that he had uh, actually pinned it down, had it in his mouth, and she had to pull it off the chicken. <laughs> Because they uh they've been flying over the, <coughs> the fence. I got to put a top on that uh, the pin. They keep flying over it, and they're too stupid to fly back in it when the dog runs up. Well, I think it's, I don't know. I think, you know, I think that's one of them things that uh, flying out is that they, they don't realize the small area to get back in it, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know. They're just dumb. They, I mean, chickens are stupid anyway. Yeah, they are. Like, I mean, they'll, they'll jump up on the top of the fence. I mean, they don't really fly. Like, I don't know. They get on top of the fence and they jump out. They go eat, and then they'll circle. Eventually, they'll get back in. But you think they would try if they seen a predator coming? But they don't. They just instead of trying to jump up and fly up to get back over it, it just starts running into the fence with its head, trying to find a hole to walk back through. It's like no, that's not how you got out. Yeah, that's uh, definitely. Uh... So when I had chickens, I had a top over it just because I only had a four foot mm-hmm. chain link, and I put a top on it. Well. Most of them wouldn't even try to get out. I had one that was like, did not want to be in that coop. She wanted to be on her own. Well, she would stay She would stay around the yard, so I was just like, well, as long as you ain't going on the highway, you know. I ain't going uh, to keep fighting with you. Well, during the pandemic, I'm sitting there and I hear, beep, 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 beep. And I'm like, coming from underneath a boat trailer and I'm like where in the grass was a little tall so I look down there and I see this Rhode Island red with this little yellow fur ball sticking ah. out of his chest so I was like all right so I, I grabbed the chick and of course the mama's like oh what are you doing and it comes after me and I look and she's sitting on eggs so I was like, well, I guess I have chickens now. <laughs> like, I have chicks now. So I let her incubate them. 
the craziest thing. She incubated six or seven. And out of all of them, they were all males. They were all roosters. So, (laughs) before they got old enough to know this... um, You ate them. No. Oh, okay. (laughs) No. Uh, Before they got old enough to know this, I gave them to somebody. Mm. And he was like, man, I got like six or eight roosters, you know, now. He's like, I don't know what to do. I was like, you know you could do a rooster flock. So... Why would you do that? A lot of people would, what they'll do is they'll have a, they call it a bachelor flock. They'll have a bachelor flock of them and they let, they don't put, they don't coop them at all. Because you're worried about the the hens, you know. Mm-hmm. What would you hope is that the predators get your bachelor oh. flock before they get Sacrifice. Here. Yeah. Um, or they're also good about alerting for danger too. They're also good at annoying the crap out of you. Any kind of movement or something or light that hits them. Yeah. Uh, that's why I don't have a rooster yet. If I get a hen that gets broody and wants to set on eggs, then I'm going to get a, a, a rooster and just let them hatch. Yeah, they're... It's fun. It's cool to watch, like, hatch them. Like, to watch them grow from this little fuzzball to... But mine... Mine was a Rhode Island red mixed with a uh, a silky. Mm. So like it, they like one of them. One of them was like knee high when he was fully grown, and the other one was only like mid calf. <laughs> like none of them looked the same. They were all just crazy. Uh, but yeah, them dinosaurs, you know. Yep. So, you brought this up on your podcast, and I know you've talked to Alex about it. Bigfoot hunting. Over or underrated? I don't know. Never hunted one. (laughs) You got to go listen to Alex's uh, Bigfoot call. Oh, he has a better one than me? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Do yours. Uh, (laughs) Put him on a spot. (laughs) (laughs) How do you know that's what they sound like? I don't know. That's what they. I think that's the sound they make on the Bigfoot movie, or the TV show. What was the? Uh, oh, Harry and the Hendersons. I ain't seen that movie <laughs> in years. You know what I'm talking about? Have you yeah. Seen that? <laughs> and then he fought, like he goes, he gets in the house or whatever. And they got like all that battle animals about. And he like yeah. breaks out. Yeah. So. Th- this is so. Have you seen? The Jeep Gladiators with the camper shells on it. Now that we passed out, it reminded me. Like an actual camper shell? Yeah, like they put uh-huh. a camper shell on it. I'm yeah. like, why wouldn't you just buy the four-seat, four-seater uh, Wrangler? Because it's not it the same pull, thing. It pulled the back seat out. Yeah, it's not the same thing, though. It's the same issue with my Jeep. You should smell the inside of my Jeep right now because every time I go film a video, I got, like I said, I got crab nets, a cast <laughs> net, an ice chest that had shrimp in it. Like, it's all in the back of my, my Jeep. I had a truck with a camper show on, and I can. It wouldn't be smelling up the inside, dude. They have so they have two different camper shells that I've seen. That I don't know if I want to get it for this truck, but I'm I really want to get it. There, one of them's an inflatable one. That like you pump it up and no. it fits over the back. No. All right, not happening. That that was not the one that I was really excited about. They have the other one that is like a soft top, mm-hmm. but it. Oh, like it, it folds out like, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, but I want mine for security purposes. Well, yeah. Cut right through a soft top, just like the Jeeps. A lot of people get their Jeeps broken into. They just cut the window or cut the facade uh, of it. Or just unzip the window. Because, <laughs> like, I want, I, I want a truck with a camper shell for actual truck camping. Yeah. To set it up in there. But I, well, so, like, my thing is the next one I get will be a uh 2500 with the fifth wheel or gooseneck no because the next camper is going to have it yeah so having a permanent camper top is not really yeah doable but having one that i could or just get a 1500 and say screw getting a bigger camper i just need at least a six foot bed all of these most of these trucks nowadays in but like a five foot bed and I'm six one, so I can't exactly sleep in a five foot bed. Oh yeah, you could just do like I do with my fishing poles, put a catacorder in there. Yeah, but I can't do that and still have other stuff in there. Like what happens if I want to camp with my wife? She's gonna go she's gonna be straight, but I'm gonna have to be catacornered over her. Like, <laughs> with the dog. Yeah, with the dog. That ain't happening. No, I need at least a six foot bed. And I was like, man, I'll get an eight foot bed and then uh one of the guys at work uh, that I relieve in the morning, he uh He's got an extended cab. It's not a full four door. It's four doors, but it's yeah. not the full cab. It's like this it's, truck. Yeah. And he's got an eight foot bed. Dude, that thing is freaking long, dude. Like driving a limousine. So I, I don't know. And I don't need all the bells and whistles. Like I don't need, all I needed to do is drive. And you know, that's my thing. The reason this truck has the bells and whistles in it is because it's old and it's starting to squeak and whistle. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like when I bought this one, I was working on the river. So I was only driving. It wasn't an everyday driver, first yeah. of all. It was like once a month for two weeks, you know, driver. Uh, or for a week, once a month. And it was just to the point that I was like, let's do, you know, I wanted something nice when I come home. And now I wish I'd have got. Uh, yeah, I probably think it just, you know, one of the white ones that's. Like the work trucks, that's yeah. just bare bone. I need four wheel drive though. That's the only it, thing. That's my thing. My next one, no matter what I get, will be four wheel drive. Um, but you know, a lot of times, when it comes to vehicles like that, a, you you can sometimes find a better deal from a dealership on one that's not bare bones. Yeah. Because they'll give discounts and incentives on like the XLTs. Right. Well, yeah, I have to shop around. Yeah. But yeah. Um, you know, four wheel drive is a is a must. I think for anybody in the outdoors. Uh, okay, I got another one for you. Now we're on vehicles. A Jeep Wrangler, over or underrated? Uh, the old ones are underrated. The new ones are overrated. Like mine is overrated. Yeah, I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong, I love it, but they just don't make them like they used to. Yeah. The um. Like the CJ CJ sevens, yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy the heck out of it, but uh, it's just got some issues. The the electronics in Jeeps are what they electronics in every vehicle is crap. Right. I hate it. Like this truck, half the time you'll sit there and like the radio will start wigging out on me, and I'll just be like, "Oh, that's fun." It's all the daggum sensors and stuff that go bad that I hate. So. Well, tell the good folks out in the B-side listening 
world where they can find you, Vinny? Vagabond Outdoors on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, uh, podcast, got a podcast. Uh, yeah, Pelican Bone Outdoors, Pelican Bone Outdoors, Pelican Bone Outdoors. <laughs> um, so, did you ever finish the video that we started making the other day that went terribly wrong? No, I just deleted it. I didn't know. Uh, <laughs> I got a good good one the next day, so I didn't need it. Oh, Yeah, you're bad luck. Sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, so, a little bit about what was going on and why I asked about that was because Vinny and I went out to film a video for his channel and I was like, man, I know where there's crabs. We caught, what, three crabs? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm going to throw a line out for uh, garfish too. We caught a gar, a spotted garfish that was, what, maybe a foot long? A foot long. Like, and he was like, hooked like the most ridiculous way in the world, like, so, uh, yeah, that has to be a terrible job. What's that? Oh, the, the picking, up trash? picking up trash and they're just like walking so down. Make the prisoners do Oh, I'm all for that. Like, but, but you know, speaking of prisoners working, Angola is one of the most self-sustainable. Yeah, it is self-sufficient. Uh, self-sufficient prisons in the in the United States. Like, they grow their own food. They they actually make enough money, I think, from their horse auctions, um, to pay the guards or like the guards that do deal with the livestock. Mm-hmm. So, um, Angola trains horses and they auction them off to police or sell them to police. They, they train police horses. I was right. like... Yeah, the trustees are... Um, yeah. You can earn your way up to be able to work with the horses. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. They also trade bloodhounds there. I'm like... Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that, that's crazy that they let prisoners trade the animals that's going to track them down when they escape. But... Alright, so that'll about wrap it up for this one. Uh, y'all go find Vinny at Pelicamone Outdoors everywhere you get your social media. Um, you can find us at B-Side Outdoors pretty much everywhere you get your social media. Uh, and on the podcast, make sure you give us a follow. Let us know what you thought about this episode. And let me know what y'all think about moving to a Friday release. Is Thursday or Friday better? Let me know. Um, and submit y'all pictures on Instagram. You know, tag us in them. We'll, might, we'll give you a shout out. Make sure you thank a veteran. They allow us to do what we do. Thank a first responder, which Vinny is a first responder. Thank you for what you do. You're welcome. <laughs> My pleasure. Uh, so... Catch y'all. Oh, oh, boy, I can't even do my outro right. (laughs) (laughs) Hope to catch you on the B-side of the outdoors.